A is from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 10 to 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra? The persecutions I have endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped with every good work. Good morning. Before we start, let's pray. Lord, may the, uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be settled for you. Help us to listen clearly and to understand what you want us to hear today. Amen. It's the 1st of January, 1973. That's last century. It's a newlywed couple. Uh, they're talking. Uh, they've been married 16 days and um, it's New Year's. And so they're talking about making New Year's resolutions. Now, of course, uh, at that stage in their marriage, they're concerned with setting in practices that are going to enable them to maintain and improve their married life for the rest of their time on this earth. And so they're looking to things that will help them to overcome the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties that they know they're going to face. So the husband turns to the wife and says, you know, what, what can we do to improve our marriage or to maintain and grow it? And the wife tentatively suggests that one of the things he could do is that he could... Ah, Sometimes he doesn't listen to her as much as she would like him to. And that perhaps, perhaps if he was to listen more carefully, then maybe they'd be, uh, yeah, their marriage would improve. Now the husband's a little stunned by this revelation because he thinks that basically he's the best listener in the world. After all, he's in love with her. And of course, when you're in love with someone, you listen to them. But he listens to what she says. And uh, with the naivety of youth and the optimism born from inexperience, he promises that he will listen more carefully to her and make her her wisdom a higher priority in, in the future of their marriage. So fast forward 48 years. It's the 1st of January 2021, nine days ago. And the same couple is still married. Despite the trials and tribulations, they've made it for 48 years. And they're still, whilst they no longer do New Year's resolutions, um, they've got that much wisdom, they're still talking with each other and still concerned about how they maintain their relationship. Unfortunately, the conversation is not going all that well. In frustration, the wife raises her voice and says, put your hearing aids in. I'm sick and tired of talking to you and you not hearing what I say. After all, you promised 48 years ago you would listen. And the husband sighs and uh, 
Look, he's tempted. He's tempted to reply, I don't need my hearing aids. I hear you perfectly well. I'm just ignoring you. But um, with the wisdom of age and the realism born of long experience, instead he sighs and he reaches out and puts his hearing aids in and says, I'm sorry. I should listen to you more carefully. You see, that's the importance of listening. Listening well is the key to the maintenance and well-being of a relationship. Not only a marriage relationship, but any relationship. And this couple knows that listening well requires effort and persistence and a commitment to listening. Now you ask, why is this so? Well, psychologists will tell you that communication is the basis of relationship and listening is the basis of communication. So if you want a good earthly relationship, you need to commit to listening to each other. That's also good, but true of a good heavenly relationship. If we want a good relationship with God, we need to commit to listening to God more fully. And that's what Timothy wanted, uh, that's what Paul wanted Timothy to understand when he wrote that passage uh, we've just read. We've just read. Paul wants Timothy to understand that for him to maintain and grow his relationship with God as he faces the trials and tribulations, and Paul mentions his trials and tribulations, and so as Timothy faces his trials and tribulations, he needs to keep listening to God. So this morning, that's what I want to do. I want to spend some time thinking about the importance of listening to God, what it looks like to listen to God, and what we can expect to happen when we listen to God. And Paul's commented on all three of those points, the importance, what it looks like, and what we expect to happen, in those verses 14 to 17 of his letter to Timothy. But as for you, continuing in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good word and work. So, firstly, the importance of listening to God. Why do you listen to anybody? Uh, Because you want to hear what they say. And why do we need to hear what someone is saying? Well, because that, what they say, will impact your relationship with them. And that's why it was so important for that young couple in the early stage of their marriage to commit to listening to themselves, to each other. For only by listening to each other would they know what each other was thinking and feeling and needing. And only by listening to each other would they effectively set about meeting those needs? They knew that for their love to blossom and grow, they needed to listen to each other carefully. And so it is with God. We can't say that we love God and not listen to him. By listening to God, we come to know what he has done for us. We come to know what he wants for us and how he cares for us. When we listen to God, 
we enable communication with him. And through that communication, we come to understand what God requires of us and how we can meet that requirement. Through listening to God, we come into relationship with him and, as Paul says, through faith in Christ Jesus. And as Paul says in verse 15, out of that faith, out of that relationship, comes eternal life. We are made wise for salvation. Now, being made wise for salvation means that uh, we, we are finding ourselves in relationship with him more fully. I can't think of a more important reason for listening to God. But there's also a converse side to that. There's also no more devastating consequence for those who don't listen. For you see, if you don't listen, then there will be no communication, no relationship of faith in Christ, and no eternal life with God. God knows that his word to us is so important that he inspired people to write it down so it would be preserved to us for all time. And he did this because he wants us to know everything that's necessary for us to be able to live in relationship with him. So we think about it. What that means is that God's word contains all the information that's necessary for us to understand why we need a saving relationship with him, how God enabled us to gain that saving relationship, and how we are to live as his people. Listening to God, to God's word, not only brings life, but as Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, he brings life more abundantly, a growing and blossoming and developing life. So that's the importance of listening to God. That's the reason why we should listen to God. But listening to God's not easy, necessarily easy. It takes application and uh, thought and, and commitment. So how do we go about listening to God? What's the art of listening? What's it look like to listen to God? Well, there are two components to the art of listening. There's the attitude and there's the actions that we need to undertake. For you see, the human experience of listening to one another is often confusing. Um, we misinterpret what other people say. We come to the wrong conclusions about what they're saying. Those of you who are married will know that you constantly misinterpret what your wives say. Um, and we often have the wrong expectations when we come to the task of listening. We interpret what is said in the light of our experience, not theirs, and that's what leads to confusion. Now, some of you know, um, I, by profession, I'm a psychologist, and I have, or had in my office, this particular plaque. Uh, it says, I know that you believe you understand what I meant, but I'm not certain that what you heard was what I said. Think about it. Complex. What it's pointing out is, that not what we actually hear is not necessarily what the person wants us to hear. I used to have it sitting on the wall above my client's chair, so that as they sat there, it was a constant reminder to me that I needed to listen to them from their point of view. I had to put aside my preconceptions of what I was going to hear and really listen to them to find out what they wanted me to hear. And so it is with God. We need always to listen to God 
from his point of view. God has provided us with scripture, the Bible, so that we'll have all the information necessary to come into a saving relationship with him through Christ and how to live a life pleasing to him. And so we need to be looking at scripture from that point of view. What's God going to teach us about how he wants us to relate to him or live for him? Now, unfortunately, there are many people who don't understand what the Bible is. As you read on the web or talk to people, you get all sorts of conflicting ideas. Um, Some people believe that the Bible is the answer to every question that they're interested in. It's a sort of heavenly encyclopedia. And others, well, they see it as an infallible book, a guidebook, a sort of first century hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. And still others discount the Bible. They see it as being a simple history book uh, or a mythology, repeating stories and myths and legends, but basically it's not relevant to us today. It's old. But of course, none of these is true. The Bible is not an encyclopedia. It won't answer every question you want answered. For example, it won't provide the explanation of quantum physics for you. Um, although I have spent the last week discussing with a fellow Christian about how you can find quantum physics in the scriptures. I'm just not convinced he is. It's not an infallible guidebook that answers all the mysteries of philosophy and psychology that intrigue our curious minds. But above all, it's not irrelevant to us. Whilst it won't tell you which particular person to marry, or what house to buy, or which to career to go into, or any of those other personal things that we are concerned about. It does give us principles of behaviour and relationship that have implications for how we go about making these sorts of decisions. And the greatest relevance is that it tells us how to relate to God. So when we listen to God, to what he's saying in the Bible, we need to realise that we're experiencing what God wants us to know, not everything that we want to know. To really listen to God, we have to be willing to bend our will to fit his word, rather than bend his word to fit our will. And that can be a real difficult thing to do at times. So that first attitude that we need to come with is an attitude of wanting to know what God wants us to know as we read scripture. And what does God want us to know? Well, Paul gives us four major themes that we can expect to hear as we listen to him through scripture. And he gives those, he sets those out very neatly in verse 16. Now there, all scripture is God-breathed and is uh, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. So let's think about what each of those involves. Teaching. Well, this is the process of expanding a person's knowledge about an area so they can understand the basic concepts and use them appropriately and apply them in their lives. Uh, So, for example, you've all uh, done maths at school. So in maths you learn about the processes of addition and subtraction And you learn how to use these processes to solve problems and how to apply them to everyday situations such as using money and doing measurements, building stuff, um, understanding the time. So we can expect that by listening to God's word we'll have our understanding of God and Christ expanded. 
We won't be learning about maths, but we're learning about God. Vastly more important. And we will learn how we can experience salvation through faith in Christ and what that looks like. We'll gain insight into our faith and we'll learn how to to apply our faith in our everyday lives. And as we do that, as we expand our knowledge, we will gain comfort and hope and trust in God for the future. Not only that, not only will we benefit, but we'll also be able to apply this knowledge and understanding to others, to teach others. And so their faith will grow and they can apply it more fully in their lives. So the teaching component of scripture is essential for us to understand and grow. But Paul also adds rebuking and correcting as being important aspects of our listening to God, of our reading his word. Now the word translated as rebuke uh, and correcting, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Okay? So rebuking means to present a proof or an evidence. Uh, in other words, we can expect that as we listen, God will rebuke us. He will give us proofs and evidences of himself and what he says. He'll give us proofs of our faith and evidences of his intervention in the world. And as we are rebuked, we will in turn be forced to consider what we believe. As we see those proofs, then our understandings will be challenged. And so we will modify what we believe. God will modify our beliefs for us. So if necessary, we'll fall more fully into line with what he would have us understand. And that word correction, that means to restore to an upright state. So as you read, he will correct us. He will restore us to an upright, acceptable state. Our knowledge will be refined and honed. We'll have a more accurate and complete understanding and we will come into a better relationship with him. And again, we'll be able to rebuke and correct others, which means we'll be able to bring them, restore them to an upright state, and we'll be able to give them proofs and evidences of who God is. That helps our evangelism and our witnessing. And the last point that Paul makes is that scripture is good for training in righteousness. Training actually means chastening, nurturing and chastising. It's, it's a more complex word than we think about when we say, oh, we're training someone. So we can expect that if you listen to and study God's word that we'll be chastened, nurtured and chastised until we're brought into a condition acceptable to God. That's our righteousness through Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I'm happy to be nurtured, but I'm not too keen on being chastened and chastised. That's, that's a negative. And so when I read that, I think to myself, oh gee, if I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to be chastened and chastised? Yeah. It doesn't sound like fun. But it's actually absolutely essentially essential for us. God is warning us here through Paul that as we listen to him, we will hear things we don't want to hear. Unfortunately, far too many people want to hear only parts of the scripture that are good to them, that they, that they are happy with. But we will hear things we're not happy with. And so it's necessary for us to do that. We need to accept that as well. And that will be painful because it will mean we're forced to say, oh, I was wrong. I need to consider what God wants, not what I want. 
And that causes pain. But as they used to say back in the, uh, in the 20th century, there's no gain without pain. And so God's word does chastise us. But it also nurtures and encourages us. So that's that, the things we will learn as we listen to it. The attitude, therefore, we need to come with is an attitude, as we come to Scripture, of expectation and anticipation. We need to open our Bibles with the expectation that we will learn something and that something may be new or different or expanding and we need to have the anticipation that that will help us to grow because as we have that expectation and that anticipation then we'll be motivated to continue on reading God's word. And as I said, the second component is there are actions we need to do. If we look at scripture, uh, there are a number of ways in which God speaks. Now the prime way is the one I've already mentioned, which is he speaks through the Bible. But I also want to acknowledge that he also speaks through gifted people who teach and apply his words. He uses special guidance, dreams and visions. He used a still small voice, um, as for example with Samuel. And he uses circumstances and the wise counsel of those who are mature in the faith. These are all ways in which we can hear God. And they're all ways, particularly those that are, we have access to, so the wise counsel of, our, of those who are mature and those who teach and preach the word, we need to utilise those as ways of bringing our uh, understanding of God more fully. Uh, you'll notice I'm only focusing on the present time on, on the process of listening to God by reading the Bible. I'm doing that because, in fact, reading the Bible is the ruler by which we measure all other claims to revelation. As we hear people speaking and talking about their prophecies or their visions and guides, we need to be understanding that we compare that with Scripture. And if what they're saying doesn't line up with what Scripture says, then what they're saying is not of God. So that's why I'm focusing on understanding the Bible. So the first of the actions we need to do is we need to pay attention. We need to attend closely to God's word. Um, and that's to be harder than it sounds like. A number of years ago, I went on a three-day spiritual retreat. And I didn't know what was going to happen. It's one of these retreats where you go on without, expect, without people telling what's going to happen. And it started with a period of 12 hours silence. And um, the idea was that we would uh, sit in silence and we'd be able to read and pray and contemplate God and meditate. Um, and, and I was stunned by how hard it was for me. I am not good at silence. Um, I had I'd done silence for maybe an hour um, before, and but this twelve hours was just it just blew me away. I found I was wandering around, wanted to talk to people, which of course you can't do when you're being silent. And um, I couldn't concentrate, and so I, I opted out. I just went to bed and went to sleep. When I woke in the morning, it was of course still a period of silence. But I found that I was able to focus more clearly in God's Word. I was so used to the noise and hustle and bustle of my daily experience and existence that I didn't realise how much that interfered with my listening to God. And so that spiritual treat made me focus and think, yeah, silence is important. Now those of you that anagrams will know that listen is an anagram of silent. And there's a message there. 
If we are being silent, then we are more likely to hear God accurately. And so the pursuit of the ability to pay attention through silence is actually really important. To do that, of course, we need the second component of the art of listening, which is a second action, which is we need to be organised. I realise that most of us don't have the luxury of being able to spend hours in silence. But the principle that putting ourselves in a situation where the distractions are minimised so we can concentrate and really pay attention to God's word is really important. It requires time management. It requires discussion and organisation. Um, if you've got a partner, you need to work out with them what you're going to do. If you've got kids, it means organising time away from the kids or time for them to be quiet, yeah? doing something else. But it can be done. We need to set out to listen to God's word. We need to organise ourselves quite quite clearly and quite deliberately. And the third component is information. You'll remember that the husband I mentioned at the beginning of this talk needed to use hearing aids to be able to hear his wife more clearly. And so it is with God's word. Because the Bible can be confusing and difficult to understand, we need aids, not hearing aids, but aids, to help us. We need background information and insights of others to help us understand what God's saying. And today we have a proliferation of reading aids and commentaries and books and apps and videos that can all provide us help in this area. There's a huge array of stuff out there on the net. Uh, We need to make use of it. I was talking to a friend yesterday morning and he was telling me how he'd spent... Um, something like three hours that morning on the net searching through theological um, issues and, and, and materials relevant to him to, as he was reading his Bible. That, that's great. Incredible array of stuff. But can I also say there's also on the net an incredible array of garbage and misinformation in the area of theology and politics and social, <laughs> social wisdom. So use wisdom when choosing what site you'll access. Okay? So... A couple of my favourite sites are DesiringGod.org, um, that's John Piper's site, TheGospelCoalition.org, they do commentary and sermons and material that's relevant to the actual intense study of the Bible. There's a site called BibleProject.com which provides incredible graphics and videos to clarify and supplement your study of individual books and your understanding also. They, they've got an outline of the whole of God's plan of salvation which is and plan of redemption, which is which is excellent. Um, I read, I listen, or read, look at Christianity Today, which provides biblically-based political, social and spiritual commentary and critiques. And there's actually another site I watch, which I read, which is called shipperfools.com. Shipperfools is an interesting um, Christian, as a, a website of Christian humour, provides a iconoclastic insight into the state of the church um, they have misty worshippers who come along and sit in the church and then critique the church's sermons uh, on their websites. So if you want to know what a church is like, you can look up shipperfools.com and there's a huge array of churches that have been reviewed. I keep waiting for GPC to appear. It hasn't yet. Um, because the mystery worshippers are mysteries. They don't tell you who they are. So get that information. Use these resources that are available. Discuss with friends about what they find helpful. Then you need interaction. So everyone is different. 
and material that someone finds fantastic will be rejected by others. So look around and find stuff that's relevant and useful to you. Interact with it. Listen, God needs to be an active process. Uh, I take notes, but uh, other people summarise the passages. Uh, I've, I've got friends who draw little diagrams and flowcharts and link their scripts together. That's the way their minds work, mind maps. It doesn't matter. What they're doing is ensuring that they're, under, they're being active in the understanding of God's word. What do you find useful? Do it. And of course, the best way of interacting, the way that I think is really helpful, is to join a Bible study group. Currently ours are in recess, but in three weeks' time, they'll be back again. And the idea of that is you can toss ideas back and forwards and you can benefit from the wise counsel of those who are mature in the faith. Um, I, I find membership of my Bible study group... I've, I've been leading and a member of Bible study groups since I was 18, oh, since I was 15 actually, and they've been a tremendous resource and support in building up me and encouraging me and seeing my word. In whatever circumstances I was, um, I was always able to find a Bible study group and I just recommend you do that. It, it's, it's absolutely stunning what gain of what support and, and uh, encouragement you find from the interaction with other Christians in the, over the word of God. So the point is, seek interaction and take action. And the final one of these, the art of listening, is application. We need to apply ourselves over time. Listening to God is a lifelong process, as uh, Paul says to Timothy there. Unfortunately, as was evidenced by that husband's instinctual desire to let his wife know that he was ignoring her, familiarity over time leads to complacency. The old phrase is that familiarity leads to contempt. It doesn't. Familiarity leads to complacency. And so we can become complacent in our listening to God. So to overcome this tendency, we need to remind ourselves of the importance of his work. We need to realise that the more we read in it, the more we find in it. Every time I read a passage, I find something new in it, a new insight, a new application, a new relevance no matter how many times I've read it before, even as I was preparing for this talk, I've, I've read uh, this passage in Timothy many, many, many times, but there were new issues that, that came before me. Paul reminds Timothy in uh, verse 14 that he's known the scripture since he was an infant and encourages him to continue in what he has learnt. He's saying, Timothy, don't get complacent. And that word is true for us. Neither should we. So listening to God requires attention and organisation and interaction and application over time. But it's well worth the effort. And of course, the outcome of listening, we need to understand what the outcome of listening to God will be, what impact it will have on our lives. And Paul puts it very succinctly in verse 17. The outcome of listening will be that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. What's good work? Well, work in this context means uh, whatever we undertake to do and whatever we accomplish by hand, art, industry or mind. And good, of course, 
means that these activities, we, we will do these activities in a way which reflects our knowledge and understanding of God. So it's not that we will do just good works. It is that every work we do will be good because we're doing it in a way which reflects our relationship with God and reflects the attitudes and uh, understandings that he wants us to express. By listening to God, we're enabled and encouraged to carry out every task we undertake in a way that's pleasing to him, in a way that makes every work a good work. And so the end result of listening to God will be, will be that we will be equipped with the skills and knowledge to enable us to do every good deed or action. We will be able to walk in his way and follow his directions because he would have equipped us to do so. And we'll therefore know the peace of being in relationship with God. So that's the importance and the art and the outcome of listening to God. When we listen to him, we not only gain relationship with God and understanding of how we are saved through faith in Christ, but we grow to be more the people he wants us to be. We become active and effective members of his community. We experience the delights of walking with him through the difficulties and stresses and tribulations of our lives. And we're confirmed in our hope of eternal life with him. So can I challenge you to commit yourselves to listening to God more carefully and more consistently, not only throughout 2021, but throughout the rest of your lives. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word and for preserving it down through the centuries so we can still read it and learn from it today. Help us to be people who are willing to develop and practice the habit of listening to you by studying your word. Help us to value the importance of this. Teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us for righteousness as we study your word and listen to you. Enable us and empower us to grow to be more Christ-like as we listen more carefully and continually. And above all, Lord, thank you for our salvation and the opportunity to grow in relationship with you which you provided through the death of Christ and which all of Scripture proclaims so clearly. Help us to be your people and to do your good works all the days of our lives. Amen.